Hour three here on the Swain event is powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Uh, as being the question before the break, the most dangerous player, in his opinion, on the Gamecock roster. And uh, I agree. I think it is E. Inbare. Inbare. E. I had the pronunciation guide right Justin. Here. I had it right here. I was practicing it yesterday, too. And you still butchered it? You know what they say about poor practice players? They don't get to play in the game. I guess, I guess not. I guess not. Hold on. I had to, I had the guide right here. But anyways, yeah, he, he's most dangerous, man. His ability to get to the, uh, to the quarterback. He's disruptive on the defensive line. He can pass rush. He's the guy that make everything go. Um, he is South Carolina's best defensive player. And um, like you mentioned, he plays the buck position, which is a vital position in that 3-4 that they, that they like to play. Um, He's on the edge, so you, I think Tennessee will always have to account for number one. And uh, I, I'd be surprised if Josh Heupel didn't um, let Hendon Hooker know that we need to know what number one is on every play. I'd be I, surprised. I, I would imagine that Jacob Warren or Princeton Fent is lined up off tackle behind Cade Mays or Darnell Wright. To, depending on where Justin is lined up. Yeah, I mean, I, depending on how you handle him early will determine if you need some tight end help or some running back help with chips, things like that, help out the tackles. But if you are holding your own, if Kay Mays is holding his own and Darnell Wright is holding his own, then um, that's great. You can now use Jacob Warren in the passing game. But uh, I think that will be an adjustment that will be made uh, in the first couple of possessions on offense to see if we truly need some help, you know, containing him. But he is he is the most dangerous on on, on defense. And then on offense, to me, is is Doty. Because we know that they're going to run the football with Kevin Harris. They got, they got four guys that they use. They're going to try to. But they're going to run the football with Kevin Harris. Well, they're gonna to try to, but they're running the football with him. That's their. That's what they do well on offense. If they do anything um, semi well, it's it's running the football with Kevin Harris, and they won't be able to win with just doing that alone. It's gonna take Doty to have a career day, and he is coming off a performance against Troy. And again, it is Troy, but it, he is coming off his best performance as. The South Carolina quarterback. Mm-hmm. This is his best performance. Can't take that away from him. Just like we can't take away performances that our players had against Mizzou. You can look at the opponent and dog the opponent, you know, down the opponent. Yes, Mizzou wasn't good and was terrible last Saturday, but it doesn't take away from the opponent, the performance that our players had, and the confidence that they've been able to build on. And that confidence should carry over. To this game. So if we're going to say that about Tennessee players, we can't overlook that being the case for South Carolina players, even though they did play Troy. So Doty's coming off his best performance, and so he should come in here pretty pretty confident, pretty confident um, at the beginning. It's Tennessee's job to knock that confidence out of his chest Yeah, <laughs> as soon as possible. I, I would Luke, – Luke Doty's up there for sure. I'm not as worried about him as maybe I, I typically would be, just because, again, his best trait is his athleticism and being able to, to run around and make plays, and he's been unable to do that because mm-hmm. of a foot injury that took place in fall camp that caused him to miss the first two games of the season. It's really caused it's, – it's slowed him down. So – you can be effective against Troy being limited, but can you be effective against an SEC dim- or an SEC defense while being uh, limited? Dimited. Tried to combine the two words. That's a new one. Uh, I think Nick Muse. I'm changing my answer. I think Nick Muse. No, 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 not belly button. <laughs> belly button. That's that's how you describe him. Yeah, because <laughs> he wears a crop top during the game. The picture on Twitter. 
What picture on Twitter? Oh, that picture. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, belly button. That's what I call him, belly button. He he is the, the one on offense that concerns me the most because South Carolina loves to run play action off of the run. And Nick Muse is an NFL tight end. He, he's going to be drafted. Could be dr- drafted fairly high. Not first round, second round, but third, fourth round. Could be uh, a potential draft slot for Nick Muse. He, he's a bona fide NFL guy. And, again, South Carolina loves to use him, especially on play action after they've, they've tried to set up the play action on first or second down. So it's, it's going to be key for Tennessee to, to slow down the run and force South Carolina into some second and longs, third and longs to, way, to where maybe it's not as advantageous to, to run play action. For sure. So sure. Nick, Nick Muse is probably the offense player that scares me the most. And then Kevin Harris would be number two just because he, he was the SEC's leading returning rusher coming mm-hmm. into the season. And Shane Beamer talking on the SEC tele- teleconference yesterday said that he had an injury during fall camp. Mm-hmm. And then when he finally came back from the injury, he had a sickness for two weeks. We put the clues together there. Mm-hmm. He had COVID. Uh, I was thinking diarrhea. Diarrhea for two weeks. That that would stink, literally. Uh, and and then he finally gets over the injury that he suffered during fall camp. He gets over COVID. He he had surgery in the, in, in in the summer. He had back surgery. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Back yeah. surgery. Yeah. So that slowed him down coming into fall camp, and then he finally got over that. Then he was. I sh- I shouldn't say he was dealing with COVID because technically I don't know. I'm just putting. The, the clues together. Shane Beamer said he was out with an illness for a week to two. Sounds like COVID to me. And uh, Sounds like diarrhea to me. I'm going with diarrhea. <laughs> we can go with that. And then after he dealt with the diarrhea, <laughs> his first week of practicing was the ECU game, which was like three weeks ago. And on top of dealing with all the, the injuries and sicknesses, the offensive line has been poor. And See? there's been guys See? shuffling in and out along the offensive line. He just hasn't been able to get it going. So See? is this the week that Kevin Harris finally gets it going? Because the talent is there. He's just been dealing with some unfortunate circumstances that have been out of his control. See? It's, it's a very aggressive, contagious form of diarrhea because the first game against ECU, the whole team played like crap. See? 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 See how they work? They, they've played like crap in every game. Had a chance to beat Kentucky, though. Uh, it was a career day for Doty against Troy. Listen, take it with a grain of salt, okay? It's about him feeling confident. Uh, it was the first victory for him as a starting quarterback in four tries. This is his fifth game as a starting quarterback. So he's inexperienced, but like I mentioned before, you never know what performance against what team can can build some confidence and I'm pretty sure that after his performance where he was um, 20 for 34 255 yards which all are career highs for him uh, maybe he's feeling good but again like I said it's Tennessee's job to knock that confidence out of his chest as soon as possible and I expect Tim Banks to heat up Doty heat him up by bringing blitz, bringing pressure, hurrying him, and trying to affect the quarterback. I truly believe that that is going to be the case. All right. I got another question for you, Ben. Well, good. I've got one for you, too, after you ask me another one. If you're South Carolina, who should they worry about as being the most dangerous player for them? Offensively, Hendon Hooker. He's really efficient right now. He's he's really hitting his stride. And again, I don't think Hendon Hooker's the guy that's going to lead you to a win over Florida, or well, maybe not Florida, because he almost did, and his receivers didn't help him. And that's a, a one possession game in the fourth quarter in the swamp. If if the receivers do their job, Jimmy Callaway. So I didn't mean to say Florida. I meant to say Georgia 
or Alabama. I don't, I don't know that Hendon Hooker leads you to wins over Georgia or Alabama, but he's he's definitely capable of of doing a lot of damage against teams like Missouri, teams like South Carolina, defenses like Ole Miss, teams like Kentucky, Vanderbilt, those second tier, third tier teams in the league. Hendon Hooker can can do a lot of damage too. Capable and has has the potential to do damage to to those type of teams. And South Carolina is a bottom tier team right now. And I I expect Hendon Hooker to eat. And what makes him so dangerous is that a he plays the most important position on the field, mm-hmm. and b he can beat you both ways. He's he's really efficient in the passing game right now. He's not turning the football over through the air. Two game sample size of of not turning it over on the ground. Will that continue? Hasn't fumbled since the Tennessee Tech game. Hopefully that will continue to be the trend. But I've been very impressive of him taking care of the football through the air. Had the one interception against Pittsburgh. Hasn't done that since. And on on top of not doing that since, he hasn't thrown a lot of passes where you look at it and think, man, that should have been intercepted. I, I, I can't think of one pass he's thrown where it should have been intercepted. And just... Not to just to to make my point, not hammer JG, but like JG had a bunch of like interceptable throws where like you you look back on the play and it's like, man, how did that not get picked off? You haven't had those plays with Hendon, so I think he's really efficient throwing the football right now and making great decisions. And we know what he can do with his legs, so he he's the most dangerous player on the team, really going into any game, not just this one, in my opinion. I think he's most dangerous for every opponent on Tennessee's schedule moving forward mm-hmm. because you look at you look at the loss to Pittsburgh and if if, if Tennessee had Hendon playing the way he's playing right now in the Pittsburgh game, Tennessee is sitting with only one loss and probably ranked right now in top twenty five. So it's it's Hendon. That's who should be the most dangerous for South Carolina. What about and, the defensive player that's most dangerous for South Carolina? Oh, it's Theo Jackson. It's Theo Jackson because, like I mentioned earlier during during our uh, battle where I lost, just like Papa Dot lost in the battle on 8 Mile, you would truly be <laughs> rabid. Um, but on one of my stats that I shared, you know, Theo Jackson right now is uh, ranked nationally in, in tackles for loss. And anytime you have a player that you're going up against that that is – Ranked in the SEC high and ranked in the country high of tackles for loss. That's that's a guy that worries you the most because he can derail plays. You don't want negative plays on offense, so that guy concerns you the most. I mean, if we look over there, at South Carolina, um, if whoever leads their team in TFLs, that should be who we should be talking about to make sure that we get them blocked. So it's Theo Jackson on defense for South Carolina um, for for sure. I'm going to go with somebody a little outside of the box. Let's go. What you got? Jeremy Banks. Ah, okay. Jeremy Banks against the, a team that is going to want to run the football. And Jeremy Banks has been doing a great job of hitting the, the right gap, getting in the right rushing lane. I, I think he's been doing a tremendous job against the run uh, of late. I think he continues to get better from week to week. Playing with more confidence, it it doesn't look like the mind is is tying up his feet anymore. It, it always seemed like he would take a minute to to process something in his mind before he would go do something. Now it's just snap of the finger. As soon as the ball snapped, he's he's off to the races and, and going and, and trying to make the play. So I, I think he's he's going to show well against the run and, and really why I'm bringing him up is because I was really impressed against Missouri going back and watching the game, how many hits and pressures he had on the quarterback and credit Tim Banks for, for calling up some blitzes that allow him to, to rush the passer, but he was getting home on, on those called blitzes and, and delivered two that I can think of off the top of my head, two really good hits to Connor Bazelak that were clean, not after the, after the throw to where a late hit on the quarterback would be called against them. I mean, two just really good, 
clean, hard hits on the quarterback. And there were other times where he was a step or two away from from getting a sack or hitting him once again after the throw or as he was throwing the football. So uh, we, we saw Jeremy Banks show well against the run, get after Bazelak blitzing. We saw the interception of him in coverage. It, it seemed like Jeremy Banks checked off all the boxes against Missouri. I think he continues to get better from week to week. Looks Really looks like he's not thinking as much as he used to. And I can see Jeremy Banks uh, against an offense that, that wants to run the ball, maybe set up some, some things for the play action. I can see him having a big game and causing some, player, or causing some issues for a young player in Luke Doughty, a veteran against a, a youngster. I can see that being an issue for South Carolina. I got the pronunciation guy right here, Ben. E. Nabare is how I see it here. Kingsley. Kingsley. We'll call him Kingsley. Number one. Text box. I want to ask my question. All right, go ahead, man. Which is from the text box. Vol 804. You were trying to switch out the mics when I I brought it up, but you may have heard me. A uh, prominent UCF linebacker has entered the transfer portal. And Vol 804 wants to know if you think Tennessee should should go after starting linebacker Eric Gilliard, who this is his third or was his third season starting for UCS defense. He's currently second on the team in tackles, had 59 tackles last year. Going to redshirt this fall and find a new team for next season and uh, started all but one game over the last two seasons. Uh, Was the Knights' leading returning tackler from last year, coming in second behind Richie Grant with 72 tackles. Richie Grant had 72 tackles. Uh, This young man had 59. And then this season, he's third on the team with 23 tackles through four games and had 11 tackles last weekend against Navy. What you think I'm going to say? Yes. Bring him in. Bring them all in. Bring out. I want all the transfers. I want competition everywhere. If he has a good relationship with Josh Heupel, which I don't know that. We don't know that. Uh, he was a defensive player and an offensive uh, system and an offensive head coach. So sometimes with defensive players get kind of forgotten about and maybe have better relationship with the defensive staff. Look at Heupel right now. And, um, you know, he spends time, his, his time on offense. So don't know the relationship. You know, don't always know uh, what we assume from the outside looking in right now is that, you know, his players right now, Hypo, you know, his players love him. They're responding to him. But that doesn't mean that every single player feels the same way. So we don't know. I don't know how Eric Gilliard feels about Josh Hypo. But um, if I'm Josh Hypo and the relationship is good, you're, you're getting a guy that's productive, that understands the culture, uh, understands what a coach wants. Uh, you look at Gus Malzahn moving on to Central Florida. Well, you had an Auburn player transfer to Central Florida. Um, we've had players from Alabama come in when Pruitt took over the job, Brandon Kennedy, because you you know their personality, you know what they want, and so yeah, I can I can see Josh Heupel making that that attempt, making that phone call if the relationship is good. But I would certainly go after a productive player like an Eric Gilliard at linebacker because that's a position that we that we need more depth at. Yep. Uh, here's the scouting report on Gilliard from Chris Vanini, a national college football writer for The Athletic. Said that Gilliard was UCF's second highest ranked recruit in the class of 2018, which Heupel would have recruited him. Signed with Heupel, right? In the class of 2018, that was the First season without Scott Frost? Um, let's see here. Hype. So we have to we have to determine if Gilliard was already committed before Hypel became the coach, or was he uncommitted and Hypel brought him in? Like what was was he a part of the class that was already intact 
before Hypo took over. Like, I mean, even if he was already intact, I mean, he still made the decision to to sign with UCF under Josh Hypo. He did. He did. But we just don't know, like, how much work was put in to get his commitment, how deep is that relationship. He committed in October, so that would have been under Scott Frost. Yeah, so there it is. Uh, but says that he was the the second ranked, second highest ranked recruit in the class of 2018, top 500 player out of Jacksonville who was once committed to Maryland and had reported offers from several SEC and ACC schools. Ferocious tackler who got good pressure in the backfield, but was caught out of position as a pass defender from time to time. Can he run? Caught out of position. Can he run? Is he caught out of position because physically he can't do it, or, or mentally? Or, or mentally? That's that's the question. Because if it's mentally, we can we can handle that, right? We can we can we can coach you up. We can we can put you in a better position. But if it's physically, you just can't do it. Then I don't we know, good. man. I don't know, man. He's five. He's five eleven. A little, little, little small. Little, you know, itty bitty linebacker committee. He might, he might be the president. We, we already have some small linebackers. He might be the president of the itty bitty linebacker committee. He might well, be. And it's, it's going to be real interesting to see how Tennessee attacks the portal because they're definitely going to attack the portal. But like, if if you jump on this guy, what if like? And I'm just using this name because we're familiar with him. It says here he had an offer from Alabama and an offer from Clemson. That's good enough for and, you. And LSU and Kentucky and South Carolina. Tennessee. And Michigan. Nah, no, no, no offer from Tennessee. But we know how those offers sometimes can, can be. They can be deceiving. Don't know if they're committable or not. But like you, like you mentioned, just kind of add more context to your comment about him having SEC offers. Those SEC offers include again Alabama, Kentucky, LSU, South Carolina. So, take well, it for what it's worth. I'll be curious to see how Tennessee attacks the portal because if you jump on this guy. What if a guy like Henry Toa Toa becomes available? Like that that level of, of talent, just using that name because it's all one that, that we know at the linebacker position. But but what if a, a guy with, with that type of profile becomes available in December, but you've already taken this guy? So I, I'll be curious to kind of see how they cherry pick from the portal and what positions because every position on the team could use somebody from the transfer portal. I, even quarterback, like I, like right now on October seventh, based off the way Hendon Hooker is playing, I, I would go ahead and pencil Hendon Hooker as the starter next season. But what if Joe Milton decides that he he don't want to stick it out and and sit behind Hendon next year? What if Harrison does the same? Then all of a sudden you have two quarterbacks, Hendon and true freshman Taven Jackson. Mm-hmm. So it's possible? Do you, do you go out and try to? get somebody so even quarterback a position that appears to be okay for next year could could use a body you, you probably don't need anybody at running back that that's one position you probably don't need anybody you'll have tie on next year you'll have jabari jalen Wright, lenith whitehead maybe one of those guys transfers but right now we'll go off them them not leaving so i'll be real curious to see how they attack positions and what what they want to go get from the portal because they need offensive linemen, they need defensive linemen, they need edge rushers, they need linebackers, they need defensive backs, they need receivers. I think they could use another tight end. So, we'll see. Let's go to the phones. We got Turkey Man. Turkey Man, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning, individual. Hey, good morning. Hey, you're talking about what I was wanting to talk about. Start with today, uh, so I waited just just perfect uh, with the transfer portal and uh, one time uh, transfer, no no penalty. Uh, and we've seen how the successful Oklahoma has been 
even before it really come a transfer portal. I think it's important that for recruiting that uh, a coach like Heifel or anybody uh, that's that's a coach in in our you know our five conference needs to have a staff with a pocket list to attack the transfer portal because I think you're going to get your players coming up from that because that's going to be the new wave and I think that you're going to it's going to help that team by have already. I can maybe go after you as a recruit, Swain, and, 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 and not get you. But what I, last thing I, I say to you or give you, that if you're unhappy where you go, that you remember something I give you going out the door. When you get the transfer portal, I'm interested in you. I want you. And when you do those things, you're going to have to see success because there's so many of these four and five stars that uh, can you imagine, for instance, if Caden Sawyer, Sawyer, the one that we got and he got in trouble and he left, hit the transfer portal and he left, of being in a position to be a second chance for somebody like that because he's already made a mistake, okay, but we're your second chance. And... Uh, you talk about uh, Joe transferring. Yeah, he can, but he's got to set out. No matter where he goes. It's like transferring before the portal. portal is you get to transfer and play immediately. One time. Well, I think Joe can be a grad I, transfer, Turkey Man. Huh? I think Joe can be a grad transfer if he can he's graduate. Got three, he's got three years to play. Right, but he's already taken advantage of the one-time oh, okay. free transfer, okay, well, but I believe he can still right. be a grad transfer and be eligible immediately. I was thinking him three years to play. I didn't know the situation there. Okay, but uh, that's just my two cents, but I think that, that it's very important going forward that the coaching staff understand this year. Yep, yeah, I think they understand that, Turkey Man. I think you're spot on. Yeah, I think they understand that. It's weird. You can't be salty when guys choose to go elsewhere. No, you, I mean, you can't burn that bridge for sure. No, because they, they may come back available. Uh, like she, Cade Mays did for uh, Jeremy Pruitt. Pruitt was over there having lunch at Knoxville Catholic trying to get Cade Mays that first month when when Pruitt took over, trying to flip him from Georgia. Didn't work out. And what do you know, two years later, Cade Mays back on the market. Yep, yep. Uh, how many years of eligibility does Hendon Hooker have uh, this year and next year? Uh, next year. Next year will be his last year because he's a redshirt senior this year, and then next year would be his free year of eligibility. You gonna take a man about do this? I'm explaining to you and whoever this year, next box. year. That's it. Ain't <laughs> no reason to complicate this thing. He'll be here next year and have opportunity to be here next year uh, as well. So this year, next year. Um. ATL VFL says, is Central Florida starting to crack? Here's, here's, a, here's a question that I don't think ATL VFL even realize he's asking. Do we take Gabriel if he leaves? Listen, there's a lot of places Dylan, Gabriel, Dylan Gabriel can go if he decides to transfer from Central Florida. One place it won't be, it won't be Tennessee. I hope he goes to an SEC East team. It won't be Tennessee. After all the stuff he was talking about? No. Nah. With um, Josh Heupel, all the shade he threw to Josh Heupel this offseason? Nah, man. We good. Uh, Mid-Tennessee Vol wants to know about the baseball scrimmage yesterday. Tennessee won. Uh, the baseball scrimmage. It was my <laughs> – It was the, the third one. I've, I've been really impressed. Been really impressed. The, the thing that stood out to me – is that the newcomers, the freshmen, they look totally different than the freshmen that Tony Vitello was was getting at the beginning of of his time at Tennessee. Like he was getting big time recruits, but they were guys that needed to to be somewhat developed. Connor Pavoloni, uh Max Ferguson, Garrett Crochet, 
they they needed a, a year, year and a half to to really grow into their body and reach reach their potential. And they they contributed as freshmen, but they took a big leap their sophomore or junior season. And these guys that that Tony's brought in this year, <laughs> they're, they're different. They they are they're 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 different. They are ready to contribute right now. So that's been the thing that's stood out to me the most. Uh, the pitching looks looks great. They they've got some big time arms. Chase Burns, the the freshman that Tennessee was worried about with the draft. In state, in state player, right? Mm-hmm. From Mid from, from the Mid State went to. Uh, I get the two mixed up. He went to beach. Went to beach. What uh, you told me? I, I said you're a beach. Watch your mouth. He doesn't look like a freshman. Christian Moore, this infielder that they've signed from New York, does not look like a freshman at all. So the, the freshmen look the real deal. They've got this kid from Cali, Blake Burke, going to play first. Smokes the baseball. I, I have yet to see him in three scrimmages not hit the ball hard. He may get out, but he smokes the ball every single time. He hit a home run yesterday that was out in like a second. I mean, he just absolutely smashed it. I forgot about I forgot about the the, the good baseball lingo, the baseball slang. Yeah, I was yeah. like, man, that's, that sounds like he got a drug problem. He might yeah. need some help, man. He, he might he, need he, rehab if he's like trying to smoke baseballs. <laughs> he uh, he pissed all over that baseball that he My hit, goodness, hit he, a homer on. So they like look good. A, it sounds like he has a bladder problem. He needs some medication. Evan Russell trying to play catcher doesn't look doesn't look foreign to him. I, I think Evan can be serviceable back there. After Buddy wanted to to go join a fraternity, after transferring here, say what? Tennessee picked up a, a big transfer from from a Big Twelve school at the catcher position. It was all freshman Big Twelve, big time hitter for for his team last year, and just up and quit. Wanted to uh, go join a fraternity, and so now. Evan Russell is having to to catch, be be an emergency catcher for the season. Put Tennessee in a real predicament. He wanted to go butt chug with Charlie Burris. Bag up, bag up, bag up, Terry. Put it in reverse, Terry. You mean tell me that someone transferred in? Really good player, too. Transferred in to join the Tennessee baseball program, coming off College World Series appearance, and then just decided not to play baseball anymore. Yep, and left Tennessee in a really bad spot because you had Connor Pavoloni get drafted, Jackson Greer graduated, so you lose your your top two catchers. You thought you were going to get the transfer from Kentucky, Colton Kessler, which Tennessee was going to get him. He he was the guy that hit the home run against Vandy to give Tennessee the SEC East from St. Louis. Tony Vitello's good good buds with his dad. He was he was coming to Tennessee over like LSU and Arkansas, and then decided that he was going to sign an undrafted free agent deal for pennies. So Tennessee caught a bad break there, and then they go get this kid, the guy who quit to go be in a fraternity. And left Tennessee in a real bad spot at catcher. It would be as if... Wasting everybody's damn time, huh? It would be as if Joe Milton got to Tennessee, went through spring, went through fall, and said, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go join a frat. Or or Hendon Hooker. One one of the two quarterbacks <laughs> going through spring and going through fall and say, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to go join a frat. Kids these days. Back in my day, this this would have never happened. Wow! 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 McMahon Vol says, "Do we want Kayvon Pope? Kayvon Pope is a linebacker from uh, that <laughs> transfer from Ohio State. They quit in the middle of the game. Quit during the middle of the game. Walked off the sideline to the locker room and tweeted, F Ohio State.'" I mean, how would you approach that situation? Is he good? <laughs> <laughs> is he is he good? I mean, 
How, how much would you hold that against him? I mean, it's, it's the Jalen Hurd situation. Is he good? <laughs> ben, can he play? I'm like, but Kimber from Varsity Blues, can he play? Can he play? No, I mean, I think if you um, do the coach staff, you evaluate that situation and, and um, from a personality standpoint, you know, you have to you have to make sure that's the right fit for your for your for your locker room, and you better have leaders in place. Um, and obviously, he felt like he wasn't done right, and um, he wasn't told the truth because that's something that, that was probably festering for a while, and it just exploded during the game. So somebody's gonna get him. Somebody's gonna take a chance on him. The right coach in the right locker room might be a good fit for him. So I'm not going to sit here and say no just because of what happened in Ohio State. I mean, it's not like he um, did something worse that you just can't touch him. This is obviously not good, but Tennessee's responsibility is to do the due diligence and find out if it's a match. So need good players, though, Ben. All right, who's on the phone? Jay. Jay, good morning. Swain, we're back in black, baby. We are, man. We are. We are. It's nice, nice look. Well, nice look. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and do backflips over, guys. I'm not, like, pumped up. Well, Swain, well, one out of ten. One out of ten. Because I haven't got to hurry here with you and Ben Think. So, one out of ten. What What do y'all rate these uniforms? They about a seven. Ten. About a seven. They about a seven. You giving them a ten, Ben? I think they're awesome. I, I, I think they're. You like, I like I like the Smoky Grays better. Uh, I like both. I like both equally. I don't know well, that I can pick one over the other. I what really? Why why I'm willing to give the the jerseys a ten is because of the details they added to the helmet. If it was just the the plain white helmet and it wouldn't have been their fault, Swain's explained it. The the helmet companies yeah. they're they're on back order because of COVID and, and all that stuff. It's not a Tennessee problem that there's not a black helmet to go with it. Uh, if if it had been just the the regular white helmet, then I'd I'd say like a seven or so with, with Swain. But I I think the the detail in the helmet that that they added really sets it apart. Smoky Grays are a ten mm. for me. These are a seven for me. The reason I, I'm giving them about a five point five point eight on these. Yeah. Okay. I mean, listen, I, I ain't too far away from a, from a seven. I give I give these are seven. Um, the smoky grays, the detail, the the yeah. checkerboard on the pants, uh, the checkerboard in the helmet, the mm-hmm. the mountains in the helmet, uh, the two tone gray. Like there's just so much detail in the smoky gray uniforms to me. And th- these black ones, uh, it's just black. It's all it's just black. Well, look, they're they're light years ahead of what we had with Kiffin. I'll give them that. Oh, one. it does. That's it. Yeah, no doubt about yeah, that. So. But smoky grays are ten for me. These are about a seven, and. Um, you know, I'm practicing what I preach. It ain't about me. Like, as long right. as they think it's a 10, that's all that matters. I don't – I mean, they are all right. Um, you know, I, I sent it to, you know, Meech and Wade on a group text, and they, they put a bunch of fire emojis. They they loved it. Um, I would have I would have put, you know, um, maybe a little bit of smoke emojis. I mean, it's, it's like a smoldering <laughs> fire. It ain't like red hot fire. It's nice, but, like, it's, it's a 7. 7 out of 10 for me. I you, well, it's, you know it's weird because I actually like the <laughs> that's like gym. for gear and apparel I like black better than I do the gray. You know I'd rather have a black sweat Tennessee sweatshirt than I would like a smoky gray Tennessee sweatshirt. But hey, the smoky grays are better. Swain, do we not have the smoky gray helmets anymore? No, like, remember, that, does, remember Prude and former. You know they put them up for sale. They let people come in and buy them. Oh, I did not know remember that. Remember that? You don't remember that? Well. No, I, I remember that big sale they had when, mm-hmm. yeah, they had that on the news. But I didn't, I didn't realize they got rid of all the smoky gray helmets. Yeah, because I mean, you could have, you could have. Uh, never mind. I was, I was about to say you could, you could have worn those, but I don't know how much. But uh, they would look better than the the the, the modification on the white helmet mm-hmm. that you have now. I don't think, I don't, yeah. I don't think they would have looked better than 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 the ones we have now. But they're 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 not available. Well, you know what? If the players like it and they're jazzed up, and we come out and route South Carolina, then you know, 
God bless you. That's, that's all I got to say. Man, that's all that matters to me. That's yeah, all that matters I mean, to me, get, man. If it juices them up, hey, man, have at it. Yeah, I but, know uh, I know my kid happy. I got her jerseys. Man, it was about her. Yeah. Just like, well, you know, the, just the jersey looks good. Uh, you know, just buying it at the ball shop. I mean, it's a good-looking jersey. Yeah, so. it really is. No, it uh, really is. Hey, guys, I, what are we going to do with recruiting? I, it doesn't seem like maybe there's much of a path this year to, you know, finish strong. Do we have but, to talk about this? Hey, we but, but, well, here's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm hoping for optimism. Is it, You think next year, the years following, do you think we can get this thing on track? Yes, I think so. I think so. And I think how Tennessee plays these next couple of games can help too. So. Yeah. Uh, well, right. what are we talking like the 2023-24 kids? That's the next class that's coming up, right? Yes, mm-hmm. and I, I, mean, I, but, I think that they can do really well there. They, they are, they're doing a good job of, of, of casting a, a wide net with the twenty twenty threes and twenty twenty fours, and keeping up with those guys and trying to get them to campus and and things of that nature. Like this weekend. There, there's going to be more 2023 and 2024 guys on campus right, uh, mm-hmm. than than 2022 guys because Lipscomb Academy, Trent Dilfer's school, they're playing mm-hmm. at Knoxville Catholic on tomorrow night, Friday night, and they mm-hmm. have four or five guys that are really young studs and, and going to play college football. They have a quarterback, Braden Graham. He'll be here on, on Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. Defensive back, Caleb Beasley. Uh, there's Nate Spillman, Edwin Spillman. So there's four guys that are 2023, 2024 that are already being looked at by, by several schools, and, and Tennessee's been doing a good job of, of reaching out to them and, and trying to get them on campus. And uh, I, I think Tennessee can, can make some hay there. I just think this class, they were just beat, beat from the start with the investigation and yeah. no positive buzz and the, the in-state – Players just don't look at Tennessee the same way we do. Mm. They're behind the eight ball. Well, you know, some of that just ain't – there's nothing Hypo can do. But uh, who, who's the guy that's with the that MPA group, Buck Fitzgerald? Mm-hmm. I was sent uh, – my my buddy, a uh, guy I know, he's on the, uh, the VolQuest uh, site. He sent me a screenshot. And supposedly he said this is this guy that said this is Buck Fitzgerald, and he was talking about how well Heupel is doing recruiting these future classes and a lot of these in-state kids. Apparently, Buck had some seemed like he had some pretty good things to say about Heupel's recruiting efforts, and um, you know that Buck seemed to be pretty surprised by the effort and kind of what they're doing with these future classes. So I hope it pays off. I hope it does pay off and we can kind of get back up there in the top 10, top 15 level where we usually have been. No, for sure, man. I, I, I hope, I hope it does too. I think, uh, like I said before, how, how we play these next couple of weeks and, you know, getting players on campus because the players on your team are, are your best recruiters. Those are the ones going to sell this program more than any coach. So, um, hopefully the play on the field can – and the jersey could be a big part of that to pique the interest of some guys who are like, huh, let me, let me, let me take a trip to Knoxville and see what the buzz is about. Let me just see. May not be all that interested right now, but, man, the jerseys and how they're playing right now and, you know, getting some love from the commentators and Tennessee is, is, is doing more with less. Let me just take a peek. Let me take a peek and then – you just never know when you get somebody on campus. I think if uh, if Tennessee can can take care of business this weekend, I I think the buzz around Tennessee is is really going to start to pick up on the recruiting trail. Not in the sense that they're going to go out and all of a sudden have so many four and five star guys interested in them and wanting to to jump in the boat, but maybe some guys in state that didn't want to give Tennessee the time of day when Hypo first got here. All of a sudden, they, they may be willing to to give Tennessee a look, and uh, a cracked door is better than a closed door. That's for sure. That's for sure. And a Tennessee's license plate is better than a normal license plate, especially one with the power T. So if you haven't heard, there's a a way 
to get that power tee and the checkerboard on your license plates while supporting scholarships at UT for the students at the same time. All you have to do is go to alumni.utk.edu for all the information you need, and you will see there that $15 of the $35 annual specialty plate fee will go to support student scholarships. So talk to your county clerk. Those are available for you. The official UT license plate. Check with your county clerk office for more information, more details. We'll take our last break of the day here on the Swain event with the um, broken mic. That's all Ben's fault. Dropping stats. Breaking stuff over here. Tennessee got some major, major offensive stats. Some good defensive stats as well. Um, will they stay intact after this weekend? South Carolina coming into town. 865-255-03, Irish Network's hotline. Be right back. Hour three of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Do you know your numbers? Feel like you again. Let us help. Is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. Hello, is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. What are you doing? Calling around to get the best rate on a car loan. Why? Everyone knows Alcoa 10 is the best choice to purchase a vehicle or refinance your current loan. And with low interest rates and 90 days to your first payment, it's a no-brainer. You can even apply online and sign all the documents from the convenience of your home. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Alcoa 10 Credit Union. It's so easy. Go to atfcu.com for details. Rates are dependent on credit score and equal housing lender. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com
gentlemen, make your health a priority with a quick and easy health assessment at the Low T Center. They specialize in men's wellness and follow strict medical guidelines for your health and safety. They are one of the leading men's medical providers in the country. They have reinvented the doctor's visit, making it quick and easy to get all your levels checked. Not just your testosterone levels, um, but it starts with the annual wellness exam where they do the comprehensive health assessment so you know all the numbers that are very, very important to you. And they offer, right now, the monitored self-inject-at-home testosterone treatments for you. Uh, these are just $155 a month for self-pay or covered by most health insurance. Go to lowtcenter.com for more information. Reinventing men's healthcare. I got to read. I got a message on, on Twitter. I'm glad I went over to Twitter during the break because I would have missed this and we wouldn't have gotten to it today. But I got this message from a high school teacher in Connecticut who's a Tennessee fan. And they sent me this DM. He says, hey, my buddy told me I should call in and tell the story. Unfortunately, I'm up here in Connecticut and can't because I am a teacher. This happened this morning. He says, I'm a high school teacher in Connecticut. I've been in the building about 10 minutes. Everyone knows my vol allegiance as I wear something orange every day. Four football players so far have approached me saying that the black uniforms are fire. It works. You may not love it. But the target audience is the players and the future players. And I teach sports marketing class. First period, yes, we are talking about it in three, two, one. So they're talking about it right now. And uh, 100% right. 100% right. So thank you for sharing sharing that. Um, they are talking about it. And I remember when the Smoky Grays dropped and everyone was talking about it. So... That's what happens. That's what happens. It's about the players on the team. It's about recruits. And sometimes you just got to tell yourself, it ain't about me right now. That's what you have to do. Take a look at some of our messages on YouTube today. Jason, yeah, I got this shirt, man. He likes the shirt I'm wearing today. I got this shirt from Alumni Hall, like where I get all of my orange. Uh, the Magic Man 59 says, prediction, Hyatt has a touchdown this game. I oh, mean, I would love it, man. Get him out his, get him out his funk, get that confidence up. Uh, I think this offense could be an offense that benefits him, and um, I hope that he's able to do that. Connor says, Nealon better be rocking. Oh, Nealon will be, will be rocking, at least at the beginning. It's up to Tennessee to, to, do, to uh, determine if it rocks for all four quarters. Kelly Kale said, this is why we love Tennessee. Uh, our story from Channing from South Carolina uh, was very, very, very powerful, very emotional. So thank you for sharing that, Channing. Paul is calling from Huntsville. A few of us Vol fans left. Henry Hooker definitely is the most feared Will Carvin come back next year? Jerome Carvin come back? I uh, should. He has another year. Eligibility, if I'm not mistaken. He'll be a senior next year. Man. I think he's a senior this year. But he get the last year didn't count, so he should. But he should be back. He was part of Pruitt's first class, if I'm not mistaken. Should have redshirted. So yeah, Jerome should. Carvin is a senior this year, and then if he wants to take advantage of the free year next year, he can. Yeah, so should be back next year. All right, let's get to the phones. Ballstorm. Ballstorm, good morning, man. I'm not far from Huntsville. Does that count? Um, no. It does not does not <laughs> does not count. Does not count. I mean West, you are close. West End doesn't count. You are close about an hour and a half. You are close. Good to see you back uh, on the road like- though. Do what? It says good to see you back on the road or hear that you're back on the road. It's nice being back out on the road, I got to tell you. Um, Jay talking about the uniforms being a 5.8. I give his phone call a three. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to pee outside, do it on your own lawn. <laughs> Jeez. Look, don't get me wrong. 
When I first saw the uniforms, I was like, oh, well, if they're not going to do the black helmet, just don't do it. But it's growing on me. And it ain't about me anyway. It's about what the player's like. Yep. And they did the best that they could do with the circumstances they were given. I mean, to take that helmet, put the black face mask on it, outline the orange with black, that's the best. Uh, they could have done, and, it, and it, it it looks pretty good. It really does. They look awesome. It's, Point blank, period. It, it's growing on me, and I showed those uh, pictures of the uniforms to my kid yesterday, and she was like, wow, I really like those. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, um, kind of like Heupel said, you know, you can uh, you can uphold tradition but embrace the uh, new age way of thinking. Yeah, you sure can. You know, it's growing on me. Sure can. But, I mean, it's a, see, I like the black better than the smoky gray because every smoky gray uniform, they had to do, like, a two-tone thing. And the only other team that does that is the Titans, and their uniforms are hideous. They are hideous. And what stinks about the, the Titans uniforms being hideous is that, like, when Steve McNair was playing, those jerseys looked great, at least in my opinion. I, I like the Steve McNair Titans blue jerseys. The ones now, like what? What does gray have to do with anything? The the gray on the shoulders looks awful. I'm just like pick a color. Yeah, pick a damn color. Either pick light blue or dark blue. Right. But pick a color and take the red out, please. Now I don't mind red accents on it because I mean that's the state of Tennessee. Well, red, white, and blue. The the state of Tennessee needs to change from from the red. Because I, I don't get down with the red. Well, you be an Alabama boy. I thought you liked red. I'm an American. America. <laughs> America. America's red, white, and blue, man. Well, America needs to change to red, white, and blue, You think being an Army, Brad, he'd know that. Oh, man. Just let it go, Ben. You about to dig yourself in a big hole. Red's <laughs> ugly. We should go. We should We should change our colors to the Jamaican flag. Oh, yeah. Yellow and oh, green. God. Yellow and green. Oh, man. Tramel wants to call the Steelers' jerseys lame. Well, you know what, Tramel? Your Little League baseball team's jerseys are lame. Yeah, man. Go sell some cookies and get some more. <laughs> Ugly-ass little kids. <laughs> go have a car wash and get some more jerseys, Tramel. Y'all jerseys are ugly. Learn, learn to turn the lights on when you're driving at night, Tramel, before you talk about my Steelers jerseys. You too, Nelson. Hey, I, I wonder if Jamel ever figured out where the light switch was. Oh, man. No. That's crazy. Nelson, I'm not he, buying your water he, anymore. The, the reason why I gave, the reason why I gave the, the black uniforms a seven is because the smoky grays had, like, detail in them. And so, like, I won't go 10 because I got, I got to give them room for improvement. Like, I know that these uniforms were really for, you know, it's what it's what Pruitt in them ordered. I know now that, you know, Heupel and Danny White, they have a whole year now to strategize and design what they're going to wear next year. So I'm giving these dudes room between that 7 and 10 mark to to hit either 8, 9, 10. That's why I'm not giving this thing a right. 8 or 9 or 10. Because I know that it, they were only trying to remix what they were given. Now they're going to really design from from zero, from scratch, and hopefully these things are here next year because what I hear that it could be affected next year as well as far as a helmet. So um, chrome is being, is being um, discussed. Uh, matte black is an option as well. So matte black would look good. Yeah, yeah, matte black is 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 being discussed. A smoky gray coming back with that in a different way is being discussed. So, you know, I want to know what Danny White and Hypel what they're going to come up with from from scratch, not just, you know, getting these jerseys that was left over from the Pruitt era. I I think we may see a different uh different shade of color. Something similar to the smoky grays. What you trying to say? I said I think that uh, they would prefer a gray set of of jerseys. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I think gray is um, a really really high possibility that they that they do that. And um, maybe that's that's fine, but pick a color of gray. Don't use gray and anthracite. 
Pick a color. I like the two tone. But Foster, they went up and spent a month up in the Smoky Mountains with Turkey Man to to find the perfect (laughs) shade of of two tone gray. I thought it looked stupid, and the mountains never showed up on screen. That's not very nice. Well. I mean, don't I get me wrong, it's, it's pretty sitting on a shelf. <laughs> I enjoyed them. Eh, it's all right. Uh, Guys, before I go, uh, Swain, it's a good thing you're getting that state run money. That way you can replace those mics you keep dropping. See us! Man, I still, I ain't got a check yet. I'm still waiting on the first one. I'm still waiting on them. Still waiting on them so I can buy. Let me cl- roll up on a, my Debo. A, a, clearance, a clearance item. From Walmart. False run with the jokes, man. False run with the jokes. Let's get to Tremel on the way out the door. Tremel, you gonna let Ben talk about your kids like that, man? He said they was ugly. You know what? These boys 14. Have you seen 14-year-olds these days? Yeah, all all their brace faces. They're probably ugly. They're probably going through puberty and all that stuff. Have you seen 14-year-olds these days? They got braces, zits. Let me guess, Tramiel. Let me guess, Tramiel. Hey, let me guess, Tramiel. Half of the team, they're taller than you, right? Oh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Of course. Of course. So, I mean, you you know my nephew. He's, what, six foot. So, I mean, you know, he's 14. You're what, (laughs) 5'4", 5'5"? You know what, Ben? I got these. We're going to see about them hands, bro. We're going to see them hands. We're going to see what you've been doing in that boxing gym. Hey, Tremaine. Five, 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 four, do you, do. Hey, Tremaine, you might be short, but your but your feet, your shoes are bigger than Bush Jones, so you okay. Oh, yeah. Wait, what's yeah, it, nine? Yeah. Nine and a half, probably. Definitely. <laughs> but you know what, man? Them, man, you're trying to talk about somebody's uniform. Them plain-ass fillers uniform, black, man, where's that? And they forgot, to, they forgot to put the other logo on the other side of the helmet. <laughs> I will say this: I love this the the Steelers yeah, traditional uniforms, but the actual oh, ones that look like a bubble bee are some of the ugliest jerseys I've ever seen in my life. I hated those. The the and the ones they got now is ugly. No, <laughs> you want to talk about ba- you know Tennessee's you know jerseys basic too, right, Tremel? Huh? You know Tennessee's jerseys basic. Well, Tennessee jerseys look better than them Steelers jerseys. What are you talking about? No, but you're hating on the Steelers for being basic when Tennessee's jerseys are no, basic, too. It's, it's a difference. It's a difference from our basic than that basic. That's regular basic. Do, do you love Tennessee? How would you How would you grade Tennessee's uh, black jerseys on a scale of 1 to 10? I mean, they was fire, man. I, I give them an 8. I really, I give them an 8. Because, I mean, they, they was fire. When I seen them, I was, I was stoked. You know what I'm saying? And I was happy for the kids. And then I didn't watch the video until this morning until everybody started calling me and talking about it. And then I, I, then I watched it. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody cares about all that other stuff you just said. But you do realize that Tennessee's black jerseys are basic Man, like the Steelers' black jerseys. You talk when I see you, dude. You're you, talking all that good stuff, boy. <laughs> you, did you hear me? The, the Tennessee black jerseys are basic like the Steelers' black jerseys. No, nah, dog. You, yeah, dog. Are you crazy? Not as crazy as you. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? <laughs> I don't drive with my headlights turned biased. off, so you, no. That ain't got nothing to do with, with what you're talking about, though. <laughs> the Steelers jerseys look dope. No, they don't, man. <laughs> you, you're just biased, man. Why? Why? How, how do they not? Cool. Other than being huh? basic, how do they not? Because a what lot of teams have basic uniforms. Those, and it's black and yellow. I mean... It's basic. It's all good out. I mean, I mean, I don't know how much basic you can get. That's the most basic jerseys in the in the league, probably. Most 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 jerseys are basic in the league, unless you are a team that don't have strong tradition. Strong tradition. So that's kind of the way it works, Jamel. Hey, Jamel, uh, man, I'm gonna see you around, right? I'll be around. Yeah, I'll be around. Tailgating. So holler at me. Holler at me. I had a boy with me too. Okay. I'll link up with y'all. Okay. And then we had them gloves ready too, dog. Right. I don't need gloves. You're gonna catch these hands without the gloves. Okay. Oh, you want? Oh, you want to go barefoot? Mm-hmm. All right. Nah, I can't. You gonna see right. me? You might. You might whoop me all up and down to see with this throwing Achilles. You gonna see me? <laughs> all right, your man. See you, man. Yeah. The teams with 
teams with the most tradition usually have the most basic uniforms in every sport just, at every level. That's 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 kind of how it is, man. That's kind of how it is. So all these new teams with these new new uniforms, go look at the tradition, and uh, they'll tell you the story. Tell you all you need to know right there. Appreciate the phone call, Tramel. I want to see. I want to see. A, I want to see some hands being thrown. So I'm gonna instigate this thing. And Ben said something about your mama too, Tramel. <laughs> he did. He did. He said it. He sent me a text. He sent me a text. He told me. He told me. For Ben McKee and Jason Swain, we hope you have a great day. Friday, we'll be back tomorrow. South Carolina, Tennessee, noon game, black jerseys, black outline on the helmets with the black face mask. The players are juiced up. They're hyped. Can't wait to see these guys run out the tee and play in this football game against South Carolina. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a fun one. Tomorrow, 7 a.m., we'll be back to talk about it and wrap up the week. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Peace and love. We are out.